This is the Fox Motorsports Supercars Podcast. Welcome everyone to the Fox Sports Motorsport Supercar Podcast. It's been a few weeks since we had a chat and it's actually good to be back. Uh, joined today by foxsports.com.au's Will Dale. Hello, hello. And lucky enough to be joined by the two Sandown 500 winners, Cam Waters and Richie Stanaway. Morning, boys. Morning. Morning. Thanks for having us. It's, uh, first of all, um, Will, tell us your highlight from the weekend. Unfortunately, boys, my highlight is not you two winning, <laughs> although spectacular though that was. My highlight was probably something that's unheralded, Ash Walsh's drive all the way through that first stint, trying to use as little fuel as possible. Um, all unfortunately for naught, but I thought that was a pretty impressive drive to drag that car from the back of the field back into a top 10 position. Yeah, I, th- I thought he had a, a great drive on the weekend. Unfortunately, it all ended in zero, but we'll chat about that that later on. My highlight was um, Todd Hazelwood. I, being a punter, to have a crash of that magnitude and then get out of the car, go to medical, and then less than 45 minutes later get in your own Super 2 race... For me, that's I, I can't imagine what that would be like to do that. That's a, is a, for me was a big achievement. What do you boys think? I mean, is that does does those sort of things play on your mind when you got to get back in the car? Yeah, I guess it was a pretty big crash, obviously, and um, to get out and jump in his Super Two car and and I think he finished third in that race is, is yeah. pretty cool. And that crash would still be in his mind while he's driving through there through turn six every lap. So um, yeah, a lot of respect for Todd to be able to get in his car and finish that. Yeah, that's awesome. So, boys, tell me, what does it feel like, one, to win the Sandown 500, the warm-up to Bathurst, and two, do it for the first time? Oh, yeah, it's all pretty surreal and obviously still sinking in. Um, Yeah, to get that first win is unreal and um, yeah, to do it at Melbourne. And I had a lot of friends and family there, so it was was pretty special for for everyone. And, um, yeah, just to see... The faces of the team, uh, they were so, so wrapped and, um, yeah, they've been working really hard, so it was nice to give something back to them. And Richie, what about for you? What is it, what is it, winning the Sandown 500 been to you? Yeah, I still can't believe it really, you know, it's um, been my childhood dream just to race in this series and um, let alone get a win so early into my, you know, supercars career. It's only my f- fourth or fifth event racing a supercar, so it's the type of result that I wasn't expecting for a few more years, so, um, yeah, it all came a little bit earlier than I was expecting and um you know heading into the weekend we people were sort of saying we might go right but I wasn't too sure how we'd get on but definitely wasn't expecting to you know pole it and get the win so um gives us good confidence heading into Bathurst but you know now that we've had the result and, and when you really analyze it I guess you know Cam and I we've both won a lot in in, in junior categories and stuff and we're both um you know, desperate to prove ourselves and, um, you know, we're still in that, those formative stages of our career. And then on top of that, PRA have been pushing a lot to make our cars better. And then, um, you know, we had the car underneath us to do it. So hopefully we can, hopefully we can keep this form up. So Richie, you did the four Super 2 races at Sydney Motorsport Park. How much, how much was that an assistance of, I guess, helping you get your head around for start starting one of these cars, which is a lot of the main game drivers have illustrated this year, isn't one of the easiest things to do. Oh, yeah, it was definitely a, a good advantage for me to have done that race. Otherwise, uh, heading into Sandown, you know, would have been the, my first time racing the car this year. And even though I did um, the Enduros last year, you know, obviously it's quite a while ago not to have been in the car. So I remember last time, uh, this time last year, going out in the first practice... You know, I was 
uh, so overwhelmed by everything, you know, ba barely had time to look down at the dash to see what lap times I was doing. Whereas now, when I'm driving the car, I'm you know pretty relaxed and I can focus on um, you know just trying to improve and and try and hit my marks. Whereas yeah, last year it was all a bit overwhelming, so definitely feeling a lot more comfortable in the car now. It must be good to, I mean, to to be fair, I don't, it's not a blight on you guys, but you guys have kind of been under the radar a little bit, especially Cam you this year with the, you know, it's either been either Frosty or Chas Mossett that's taken most of the spotlight this year. It must be good to kind of stand up on your own and go, you know what, we are a contender this year, and for especially for Bathurst, the biggest race of the year, the year a legitimate chance for a for a podium and maybe the win. Yeah, well, I guess this year has been a lot better for me. I've been inside the top 10 most of the year and, um, yeah, had plenty of fourth finishes. And, um, yeah, I guess Chaz and, and Frosty have had a few podiums themselves, but I've fallen short a few times. So, yeah, it's nice to come out and have a weekend where um, yeah, my car's on top for the whole weekend. And, obviously, to get a win is, is pretty special as well. So, it gives us good confidence. We know the car's good. Um, yeah, so we're just pretty excited to get to Bathurst. <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the big talking points over on the way into the weekend was the upgrades that were coming to ProDrive in terms of engine improvements. You guys didn't look like you wanted for horsepower on the way up and down the straights all weekend. Is that was it a noticeable improvement? Um, yeah, I think what we had in the car was a bit better than what we've we've had in the past. Um, it wasn't day and night better. Um, it was just all the little one percenters that add up, and our car was quite good onto the straights as well, which obviously makes. The straights look better than, than probably what it could have been. But, um, yeah, the whole car was, was nice. It was working well. Um, engine was good. Just the whole weekend went to plan, really. So with those upgrades, I read somewhere that ProDrive had actually rushed them through to get them for send-out. Were they originally scheduled for Bathurst, or was it a post-Bathurst thing that, that they were scheduled for? Um, they've been coming for a while now. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, they were rushed through a little bit. And, um, yeah, the boys... Did a few late nights to get a few engines together for us and, and get them in the cars, which which was nice. And um, yeah, I guess those late nights were rewarded by by winning. So um, that's why they were they were so emotional when we crossed the line. The thing lasted; it was fast, and um, yeah, all those late nights. Well, there was a lot of pressure from you and those you know they, for most of the race from Scott McLaughlin, who was on your your hammer for for all those closing stages. It must be good to know that you've. You can hold someone like those DJR Team Penske cars off because they've been really strong all year. Yeah, to be honest, it's nice to see them in your revision mirror and um, not really catching you too much. So, uh, yeah, sat Saturday's qualifying race probably proved that we could beat them. Um, and then I kind of knew on, on Sunday we had a probably a bit better car than, than the Saturday. So, um, yeah, it was just all about hitting our marks and, and keeping it clean. And, um, yeah, obviously Richie did that and gave the car back to me in a good spot. And then... I just had to do a similar thing. So, yeah, it was really nice to beat Scotty, who's the um, the one to beat this year, and hopefully it stays that way. <laughs> now, Richie, I guess Australian audiences might not have had a big idea of what your background is before this weekend. Could you just sort of <coughs> give us, I guess, a quick rundown on your international pedigree? Because you, you probably have one of the most impressive CVs of anyone on the grid, main driver or co-driver this year. Um, yeah, so basically um, raced in New Zealand locally for a couple of years and then went to Europe in 2009 and did what's now Formula 4 and then won that and then went into F3 and then won that as well and then after that 
got an opportunity to join the what was at the time the young driver program for the Lotus F1 team and then um, I got a seat doing Formula Renault 3.5 which is kind of like at the time had the pedigree that GP2 has now so all of the young guys were going from there into Formula 1 so um, yeah that was kind of yeah it all happened pretty quickly and was looking like had a pretty good chance of getting to F1 and was working with pretty closely with Lotus and um, was probably on for a bit of testing and stuff that year and then had a really bad crash and had a back injury which put me out for 11 months and then kind of never really got back on the horse properly after that because by the time I recovered that that F1 team was in a lot of financial trouble and they kind of cut all of their young driver program and stuff and just never really recovered from that and then um, <clears throat> did GP3 and GP2 but not with a great car, so I couldn't really prove myself. Um, and then as a result of that, you know, didn't make it to F1, but then, you know, I'm happy to be back now in, in Australia with, a, you know, a good opportunity to race in supercars. So um, obviously it's still a co-driver, but, um, you know, hopeful of, a, of an opportunity to race full-time next year. We see we see a guy like Daniel Ricciardo having made it, made it all the way with the backing of Red Bull, but explain to someone who doesn't really understand like how tough it is for a young driver to make opportunities happen when there's so many people so many other young drivers trying to achieve the same some have funding some some don't Mm. yeah my problem was I just never had any funding and um, at the time you know I was really really lucky to get drives um, just without needing money but at the time I thought it was cool to you know get a free drive but that means that you're never going to be with the best team so in hindsight, you, you want to do it with a decent sponsor or, or, you know, someone that's willing to fund it properly so that you're always in the... You've you got to be in the best car in those junior categories to win. And then obviously, unfortunately, the time when I was in GP2 as well, it's it was just a really bad time for young drivers trying to get seats without money. Um, so, yeah, it was just, you know, that was my downfall, so... In hindsight, you know, I spent 99% of my time working on working out how to be a better driver and probably 1% of my time working on the commercial side and working on trying to get funding and stuff. And, you know, I probably should have flipped that ratio the other way around and, and you know, did it that way. But, um, yeah, so, you know, all those guys that have made it into a fun have, have always had good cars and, you know, had a bit of bit of help that way. So, um, yeah, it didn't work out for me, but it's, um, you know, I'm... Still grateful of of the opportunity I've had so far to race in supercars, and hopefully, um, hopefully I can make my career here. There's a potentially a few seats and a few drivers that may not have a drive next year. Are you? Do you have your eye on a drive at the moment, or is it just a, if an opportunity comes up, you might take it? Uh, yeah, I've, I mean, I got. I can't really say too much, obviously, but there's a few things in the pipeline, so um, it'll just be. Matter of giving it a bit more time to see um, to see what fully materializes. So um, at the moment, it's uh, to be honest, I'm not really thinking about it too much because we got a couple of big events coming up, obviously with Bathurst and Gold Coast. So it's not really the time to be thinking about that. It's more about just focusing on prepping for these next two events and um, trying to do my job as a co-driver and try to be fast and obviously not make mistakes as number one priority. And then. Um, Probably after the Gold Coast, I'll have a clearer idea of what's going on next year, but pretty confident I can get something together. Cool. Speaking of the events coming up for you boys, obviously 
I guess championship is probably a bit unlikely this year. So is the rest of this season, Cam, about trying to win those big events, win Bathurst, Gold Coast, and try and land an Enduro Cup, which you boys are both currently the leaders of at the moment? Yeah, I guess for me, it's uh, it's all about just keep finishing races. My goal this year was to finish inside the top 10, and um, yeah, we're pretty on track to do that. But really, it's more about just being up the front, um, developing the car, getting it to where we need to be. If we can win races, then that's great. But um, yeah, if we can get the car where we need it, then hopefully next year we can come out and, and have a red-hot crack at, at winning it. But um, yeah, it's just all about um, going about each race, having a crack at it. There's no really championship to worry about, so we can put it on the line if we have to. Well, for the record, you are currently in the top 10 in P9. One spot now ahead of our fellow podcaster, David Reynolds. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to be sorry. It's okay. <laughs> plenty, plenty of time to play out. Now, it was well publicised at the end of last year and the beginning of this year that you went over to the UK and did some work with um, some driver coaching and stuff over there. How has that helped you this year? Um, yeah, it's, I went over to see um, Rob Wilson, who's like a world-renowned guy, and um, I think he worked with Nico Rosberg last year and a lot of the F1 drivers. So, um, yeah, going in into that last year, I wasn't really too sure what to kind of expect from him, and um, it was a little bit different to what I was expecting, but it was it was quite good, and I just took quite a lot from it. Um, just the basics of, of driving a car, what you what you influence in a car, and um, yeah, I've used it so much this year, so. Um, I really want to go back again and um, yeah, talk to him about all the things I've learned and I've, I've got more questions for him. So, um, yeah, it was a really cool experience and hope to go back. And and how has that helped you on track this year? Like, is, are you finding that you're... I mean, you're obviously now in the top 10, which is, you know, you're, you had your rookie of the year last year, which there was highs and lows there. But this year, it's been, you've been more consistent. You've been more, um, you know, in the top 10s. Um, so it must give you some confidence that you can move, continue to move forward. Yeah, I guess um, the consistency is a lot better this year and how I'm driving the car is a bit different. Um, and I'm kind of thinking about what I need in the car and, and working with my engineer better. So, um, yeah, we're getting the car to where I need it more often. Uh, I'm driving it better. And um, in a race, if, the, if there is a problem, I can kind of work it out for myself a little bit more and drive around a problem. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been better for me it's it's probably probably doing it easier now um and we are getting better and better at each round thanks cam and richie thanks for joining us today uh we are gonna have a co-driver change and it's time to bring in david reynolds dave how's it going uh yeah really good today thank you and uh it's good to see that we've uh dragged you off the snow for a little bit of time in your, your downtime before bathurst and how's how's the snow going mate it's uh Today. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's no, there's literally no one on the mountain. You know, normally there's no snow here, but they've still got a meter and a half of snow. All the, all the lifts are open. Uh, yeah, beautiful sunny spring days, and no one on the mountain. Beautiful. Man, she won't be empty for long now. You've told everyone. Oh yeah, they reckon there's probably another couple of weeks left up here. It's all right. But, mate, it's, it's magnificent. It's weird. Usually it's like this time of year. It's uh, like just paddocks, but. There's a meter and a half of snow, so I'm going to take advantage of it. <laughs> nice. Well, we, first of all, off the bat, I think we need to talk about your race pace. How the car was fairly strong at the for the Sandown weekend, and then um, you know through the the co-driver race and the the Saturday, your your car looked like a rocket. Uh, yeah, man. My my thing was uh, really really good in qualifying. Like we put it on effectively a pole position, 
but not credited as one, which sucks. <laughs> and uh, Luke won. Luke won the first race, and I finished third in the next race due to a fifth fourth start. And yeah, mate, it was really really good over that day. And then we reckon the wind changed to the Sunday, so it started sticking ahead with down the back straight and a tailwind down the front straight, and it really affected our car and uh, just made it really really hard on the rear tyre. And yeah, in the race it was bad for most of it. It was a bit like when we come in for a pit stop, it was good for probably five to ten laps, and then it just chewed the rear tyres up, and I couldn't couldn't brake, couldn't turn, couldn't drive. It was just it was hell. So but, what? What is it the wind does to the car, like, in terms of that change of direction at Sandown? Like, yeah. Oh, I don't know. My engineer bangs on about it. But, like, so if you, <laughs> when you barrel down to turn one, so if you've got, like, a tailwind, when you put on the brake, it's like trying to lift the rear of the car up and push the car off the track that way. So it uses a lot of the tyre doing that. Okay. And when you're driving away from away from the wind, it also picks up the car as well and tries to lift it up. And, you know, there's less weight on the rear tyre, so it's... You know, tends to spin and and slide a bit more on the rear and uses it up that way. And we just didn't. We just we, like we we put a good change in on the on warm up, but I went I went out there and like jumped the jumped the because you know the wind's really strong. So I broke up my normal point I normally do and tried to make turn one, didn't quite make it and, and smashed that outside curb and broke the rear roll bar and bent one of the rear arms after that. So. You know what a dickhead I am. Yes, I know, but and that kind of that kind of ruined our our day's plan. Uh, yeah, our our change was you know you couldn't get a, a good justification on it because my car was all bent up and, and broken. So we went with our setup that we had in the other day oh, on the Saturday, and it was just it just it turned too good <laughs> basically. Well, it must give you it must give you some confidence heading into Bathurst that the the race pace that you showed could be replicated at the mountain. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like Bathurst is Bathurst is not notoriously that hard on tyres, so we're sound down here. So hopefully our tyre life isn't as good, and we can keep the car turning like we did and have a fast fast balanced car. But uh, you know, then you know we go on the uh, last year's hard tyre as well, so that's going to change the setup probably a little bit that we have to adjust for. But, yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to Bathurst. You know, Luke did an exceptional job for us. I've never worked with him before um, uh, as far as driving goes. And, mate, he was fantastic. That was the first time he's raced all year, and he's won. He won his first race of the year. So he's probably got, like, a Don Bradman percentage of race wins at cricket. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's at 50% now <laughs> after Sunday. Yeah, well, that's still better than most people in the pit lane. That is true. Like myself. That is very true. <laughs> so what is it about, like, we hear about all the guys who do only one, or hadn't really been racing this year, guys like Premo, who runs his driving school, and to a lesser extent, I guess, Steve Owen, who does a handful of GT races. Yeah. What, how long did it take Luke to shake the rust out? Like, he, in... In close quarters racing, particularly particularly in that battle with Canto, he was making all the right moves. It was like he'd been in the car all year. Yeah, well, he was like, I don't, I don't, you, you never really lose that racecraft. I think you might lose a little bit of your overall pace, but you know your placement and racecraft and, and your awareness, I think, always remains the same. And you either have it or you don't. Or, man, he he still got it and. He did a fantastic job for us. I couldn't be uh, more proud or thankful for him. 
he's, really good. Well, he's been around a long time, so I guess you never forget yeah, exactly. how to like, pedal. I, yeah, he's been he's been doing that for eighteen years. This is that was eighteenth year um, doing you know backward stand down. So he know, he knows it's backwards, and he's he's a true professional. Doesn't take him long to get up to speed either. So you know that's a sign of you know he's a really good driver, and our car's pretty easy to drive on the limit or find the limit. So it doesn't seem like there's an, a, much of an advantage or disadvantage than if you have a drive all year to then if you just kind of come in as a, you know, to do the, the enduro races a couple of times a year. Uh, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe in a few years it might start to affect you, but you know, it's hard to really quantify that. But, you know, Luke still does driver training all the time, so he's always in cars, always refreshing the basics of, you know, how to go fast and to teach people. Um, I think once you also... Once you once you try and teach someone something, you, you tend to learn it better yourself. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. that's always. Well, those who <laughs> what's the saying? The, those who, saying what is it? Those who can, those who can do, those who can't teach something along those lines. Yeah, and those who can't do, teach PE. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. like that. <laughs> Some funny. Uh, no, but, mate, he's, he was he's. Yeah, very accredited race car driver. Uh, uh, you I just are... wish he was a little bit more my size. Oh, really? Is there a height difference yeah, between you guys? Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of a height difference because we had to like push the pedals so far out that I'm like stretching for all the pedals now. Oh. Yeah. It kind of sucks for me, but I've got to deal with it. So you, you need to grow a little bit, is that right? Yes, I can't. I'm, <laughs> I'm at the maximum. I'm, I'm probably going to go backwards from here. Oh dear. <laughs> unless, unless I take a bout of steroids, that's, that could be a good idea. <laughs> Speaking of... Have sp- another growth spurt. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, I guess, the difference between you guys, in terms of the driver changes, they, everything that was said during the broadcast was that was one, one of the hardest ones all year because it's on the side of the pit garage and yep. had all the new leg protection in there. Like, how, how did you guys find it over the weekend? Mate, yeah... Surprisingly, relatively easy. You know, we've got the E cell seat, so it makes it a little bit more challenging just to start with, and to do your belts up as well. Like you got to really like fold your elbows around in front of you to do the belt because you know the E cell is really big and protective. So, but mate, we in, in practice, you know, we started out at like twenty five seconds, which is you know dog dog. So you're trying to aim for sort of fourteen to seventeen seconds, and by our by the end of it. We were down to sort of 15, 16 seconds. So, yeah, we were rocking it. Yeah, we were killing it. It was was quite easy for us for some reason. (laughs) So one of the the things you were critical about across the weekend was the... The, was the format of the Sandown 500 because you got a pole and were never, uh, never actually credited with that. What yep. would you like to see format-wise? Do you think it needs a little bit of a shake-up? Is there something that you would change? Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, they could play around with the format all they want and do whatever they want, but as long as you, I suppose, award something for, for the session, I think a lot of people will be a lot more happy with that because, uh-huh. you know, we got pole. And then the first, we won the first race, but technically you're still qualifying. Yep. Mm. You, you qualify longer for. You spend long, longer qualifying for stand down than you do for the back of one thousand, which yep. kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like if if they gave us like maybe twenty five points for for the win on Saturday, whatnot. So there's fifty points taken away from the Sunday racing, and they would two hundred fifty points on the Sunday. 
I think a lot of people would be happy with that. Because that used to be a thing, like didn't basic, Yeah, I think they used to, there used to be some sort of points awarded on Saturday, and then they scrapped mm. it for some reason. Yeah. They called it qualifying races. Because the, at, the, at the moment, the Sandown race is the best race for points race on on the tour. Yeah. Is it? Mm. And Bathurst and Sandown. Well, Bathurst is 1,000K. Sandown's only 500, and you get 300 points oh, yeah, for the for idea. the win. Yeah. So That's good maths, AJ. Thank you. Yeah, not, Great maths. Yeah. Actuary scientist, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, if, you're, if, you, if there was any one race that you wanted to win for the, you know, the shortest time... The least then, amount of effort. Exactly. If, then, if, the, then the 500 the, is the perfect one to win because Gold Coast is the 300 divided by the two races and then... Two, yeah. Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, so, so I suppose they, they could probably clean up something on there, but they could come up with something really, really cool and funky, like, you know, we, we do a qualifying session and then the co-drivers have to do the top 10 shootout or something like that. Imagine, <laughs> imagine co-driver top 10 shootout, how cool would that be? That would be all sorts of trouble, but awesome. It'd be ace, it'd be ace to watch, though. Yeah, well, how would your nerves be if you were watching someone else oh, rag your car around so for nervous. one lap? I'd be super nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but it's or they qualify and then we do the shootout or something like that. They could do something really cool. Because I guess it would be one lap of nervousness as opposed to the 20 laps of nervousness that you guys had on the Saturday w- race, watching all the co-drivers race around, especially with exactly. what went on, on at the end of that race. Yeah, man, exactly. Like, poor old CJR ruined another car. I think that was their third of the year. Mm. Um yeah, and that's like, it was just a qualifying race, so it wasn't actually, you know, at the end of that race, you still get nothing for it. Yeah. You've got a car upside down in the fence. So what was your take on, the, on I guess, the lead-up to that, the the in- incident itself between Webby and the Harvey Norman car? Uh, man, uh, honestly, I, I don't know. I didn't actually see it, but I think Dono was, he was fined 15 grand or something for it. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's a decent amount of money, but there's still no one word, out, still no one word uh, response. That, that's off the cake. <laughs> yeah. That's the highest order of, I suppose, ups you could have is uh, giving something a name. Yeah. So you can crash a car and you can get a discount for that. <laughs> Turn someone upside down and write their race off and have a fairly hefty bill for just that. Yeah, exactly. And endanger lives. Yeah. Mm. I mean, spectacular, so, mate, wh- spectacular crash, though. Yeah, very spectacular. But that's, you know, another another thing. That's twice, or, I suppose, three times in two years that a car's, you know, gone to the fence and stopped the racing for, you know, an hour or two after that to try and fix the fence. So yeah. maybe Sandown need to have another plan of attack to try and, uh, I don't know, push the barrier out or, or just, you know, task fill the outside. So... You know, when 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 it rains like it did over the weekend, that yep. grass, when whatever you leave the track at is what you hit the fence at. There's no slowing mm. down whatsoever. So if they just tar fill the outside completely to the wall, you know maybe you might not see as big your accident. That's a good point. Well, yeah, I guess because I know like there's not really much. Well, there there are things you could probably do with a wall, but the problem with Sandown is I guess the looming speculation over its long term future. Would they necessarily yeah. spend outlay X number of dollars to make a major bit of yeah, works exactly. when yep. it could just be housing in in five years' time? Yeah, well, like I've heard a lot of you know talk about you know they should just take out turn six and so I'm like nah. I love it. It's awesome, such an nah, awesome that's little, part of the track. Exactly, 
I saw I saw some some punter on Twitter suggest that maybe we, sh- we should just go back to the old Grand Prix circuit that was there, where they turn turn hard right before the S's and go through the infield. That doesn't actually exist. Oh, yeah, any- yeah. It's gone though. No, it they, no. Yeah, they got it's rid of it a few years ago. Yeah. Although Rallycross. Well, I'll have to. Oh yeah, Rallycross would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Well, you you talked about you know the the BJR, you know Hazelwood and that, but. Also, Ash Walsh and that. I mean, they got... That was a massive disqualification for going over their allotted... And I'm using inverted commas, allotted time for a yep. race that was cut short. Should yep. this rule be changed or is it okay as it is and everyone knows how it works? I mean, for me as a punter, to move the goalposts, so to speak, continually depending on how long the race goes is yep. a bit silly, I think. It is very silly. We got disqualified... Uh, for that exact same thing last year. Yeah. Because, you know, you think if you shorten the race, it shortens everything else, like your co-driver windows and stuff. Yeah. So what if, what if, what if, what if they get to a point where no one, only one driver can complete the minimum? Like they've shortened the race so much because, you know, a car's gone on turn six and destroyed the wall twice in a row or something, cut two hours out of the race, and they no one can do the minimum only one one driver can do the minimum so that does that mean everyone gets disqualified because they don't comply with the rules it's all a bit silly and a bit messy i i think it is a little bit i think they they should allow uh every, like all the co-driver with all, all the sorry all the windows to be shortened along with the race time and yep. it, would, it wouldn't be hard or whatever it wouldn't be hard to execute that either like they know exactly no. even if you based it on time when you work out, like, your time certain window yeah. that the race has to happen in, you subtract however long the race is stopped for and then yep. work out a new time cer- time amount off that. And then... Exactly. And then race control all, all, conveys that to the team when the race is... To all the teams when the race is started. Done. Even, even all the data engineers are well into that mm. uh, already. They've probably got, like, a, a table matrix all, all made up. So, you know, to, to figure out how long the race is going to go for and how many laps are going to be completed. So... They can they can uh, judge their fuel windows and pit stops better. Mm. So all the teams will be across it. It's just the rule kind of stops that from happening. Well, you look at how the rule was worded, and you oh, it's you convoluted as. Yeah. Have you ever read the rule book? Yeah, I, 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 it was a good cure for narcolepsy at the start of last year. It was great. <laughs> I, I think I got to about I think I got to about chapter B and. W- without fail would be asleep it was great well I, I, like I read PJR's pre, um, press release yesterday about you know what Brad Jones was saying about this qualification made my eyes roll back in my head trying to work out the ins and outs and it's he's it, right though like the rule says scheduled race distance in all the relevant pieces yeah. so his interpretation of the rule is literal literal it's correct the stewards yeah, correct, have interpreted yeah. the stewards have interpreted the way the rule was intended but that's not the way it's been written no but that's what I'm saying. Like, tr- for me, trying to interpret the rule made my eyes roll back in my head. I could I was like, you know, it, mm. it's if it's not spelt out clearly and everyone knows, then it's there, there's going to be interpretation and you're going to get this sort of thing happening. Yeah. But I think that is the point that they're going through at the moment. Something that was mentioned on Inside Supercars is that that's another part of the rule book that in the wake of the Bathurst protest drama last year that is being tightened up and reworded and rewritten and yep. hopefully shouldn't be an issue in the future. Fingers crossed. Yep. Hopefully. Well, the other thing, and speaking about Bathurst last year and Red Bull and everything, they, they had a few tyre failures at Sandown and, you know, went too hard on the aggressive setup. 
Yeah. I like. So did we too. You did too. I had a tie, yeah. Yep. So, is that, so is that what happened with you guys? It was just too aggressive on the camber? Just too aggressive, man. Has to be. That's really the, I, I didn't bounce any curbs funny. I didn't really lock any tyres. So it must have been something like that. But so, yeah, it, sucks, it sucks for the championship because, you know, probably arguably Winkup was here. He was in control of the race until that happened. You know, PD had a bit of a margin. Yep. Um, and, man, you know, those guys are super, super competitive around there. And it was so close to the championship that now Wincup probably would have been leading the championship going into Bathurst. Yeah, and with Scotty finished, probably still would have finished in top three. There would have been maybe one or two points in it heading to Bathurst. Yeah, exactly. It would have been super close. So it sucks. It's a blowout for, I suppose, the category. But yeah, it's, it's good for McLaughlin. He's got a nearly 100-point lead into Bathurst. <laughs> well, 84-point lead going in. But as we know at Bathurst, that race is unpredictable as, as anything. And... You know, McLaughlin yeah, has, yeah, and mm. McLaughlin hasn't had a great past at Bathurst. I mean, last year he was involved in a big incident with Tander and Wink Up. Yeah, um, the year before he hit the fence. Yeah, exactly. Himself, so, you know, with three hundred points up for offer for 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 Bathurst, it, it still means anyone, you know, and I'm I'm not discounting SVG though, even though he's four hundred and twenty points. One bad move by any of those top four. And, and he's in there. He's, exactly. he's back in there. Well, you look at how the race panned out last year. If, if like, hypothetically, the exact same scenario happened on lap 150 this year, that is McLaughlin getting no points, that is Jamie getting a significantly lower tally than 300, and yep. SVG getting almost 300, and he's back in the, back right back, back into in the, the thick of it. Like, oh, no. And then you go to Gold Coast after that, which is a notorious car killer. Mm. Yep. Well, Coulthard had his massive crash last year, so anything can happen. Mm. You know, it's only get... half point. Yeah, yeah. It's only half points each day, so you know, arguably, it's not it's not going to be as a bigger chunk if something does go wrong for either of the parties. There's still there's still a lot of points to play out over the the back half of this year, which is which is good, and I don't think the championship's done yet. Yeah, especially with a massive wild card of Newcastle at the end of the year. Yeah, no one. That's yeah. the, the great unknown. Mm. So do you think that Wait, what just before you like before you get anywhere else? Yeah. What what do you guys think of so two years in a row the race has been short at at Sandown? Yep. Is that does that that sucks for all the teams and drivers because effectively it's not the Sandown five hundred, it's the Sandown three hundred and eighty eight. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It sucks. No, it's not fun. Sorry, go on. It's, it's, well, it's just you know, it sort of robs the fans of, you know, forty odd laps at the end there and you know, uh waters and McLaughlin were about to probably get involved in a big battle, and mm. it, it sort of it fizzled out because the race was a bit shorter. Yeah, so. it's a yeah, it's an it's an interesting two years in a row now. Yeah, no, it's, it's not right, and it's you know if we have to finish at a certain time, can we start it a little earlier? Earlier, earlier. exactly. But then, exactly. an hour earlier. But deal. an hour to clean up the Taz Douglas incident was I thought was a bit long. It was twice as long as last year. I went back yeah. and had a look at the numbers. The so, beaver thing took about thirty three minutes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if okay. you know if you halve that then maybe we kind of almost get to the end. Exactly. Um so if you know, I mean the thing is is, you know, it's written in the rule book that all races are time certain except for Bathurst, which is a shame. But Well thank goodness Bathurst. Well thank goodness, yeah, exactly. But but how but, but it, yeah. It does suck because these days it was, it was started, I think it was all about TV yeah. and you know the the scheduling. But now we're we're mainly on Foxtel, which 
we have our own channel for that we don't really have to abide by a time certain. That's true, but uh, race. But, but I, I understand the six main ones still involve Channel Ten, and they yeah. have the the news which some people care about. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not me, because you know I don't trust the news. They never do reruns. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. It's you know, it's you know, Channel Ten need to get to their news commitments and stuff. So that's the overriding fact. I, I don't personally, I don't, I'm not a fan of it, but it kind of is written in the rule book, so everyone knows that it's it's going to happen. But I mean, if you take it, it, things, shouldn't take an hour to clean up after no. a relatively smallish incident. And I'm not saying yeah. that Tess Douglas is smallish, but. You know, where you need to kind of fix the wall and, and that sort of stuff, it shouldn't take an hour. I don't think that's no. necessarily a reflection on how hard the crews were working to no, get no, that no, done no, no, either. No, 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 I not think at all. that's an important no. point to make. Yeah. Uh, like, like you touched on, Dave, with the conditions of the outfield over the course of the weekend, I can only imagine that was much harder to do than it was last year. Sorry, I missed that. Oh, I can only imagine <laughs> it. <laughs> it's all good. I can only. I can only imagine because of how muddy and boggy all the outfield was because yeah. because of all the rain that that would have had a pretty major impact on how quick they were able to repair all the guardrail and for that matter move every, all the vehicles around. Exactly, and every year's the same too. It always rains in Melbourne. <laughs> yep, it's always going to be <laughs> terrible weather in Melbourne. You can just bank on it. Yep, it's always going to be. Yeah. It's, it's, that's why you, as a driver, you try and never leave the track at stand down because it just covers your car. And, <laughs> and it just takes ages to fix and you know as soon as you go off the track you know you're heading to the fence you don't really slow down much no so with the with the the Red Bull tyre failures are we are we thinking that they're starting to feel the pressure from the from the Penske side yeah maybe that could be a good point yeah maybe they're just trying to push the edge on performance a little bit more to try and bridge the gap and you know they suffer the penalty that's, that's yeah. a good point and they, it was a risk they didn't need to, as, as Roland Dane rather pointedly said after the race, it was a risk they didn't need to take. Both of those no. cars, admittedly Shane was buried, Shane and Matt Campbell, who did a fantastic job over the weekend, were buried back down towards the tail of the field. So they did probably need that extra pace to get mm. as far up as they did. But Jamie was starting mm. off the second row. Yeah. So yeah. They didn't need to. No. They didn't need to risk that much. No. Some, some probably, sometimes you overlook certain things that you don't... You know, they overlook stuff. They probably should have spent a bit more time on it. We did the exact same thing. Um, we didn't think it'd be a big issue there. Yeah. So were you, were you chasing you know, they're not, car speed? Is that what you were? Well, like? yeah, car speed. They're not. They're not necessarily really, really long loaded corners like Phillip Island or Eastern Creek or mm-hmm. um, even Queensland Raceway for that example. But you know, they're kind of short, sharp corners. So you go, oh, we could probably get away with a bit more. It's not going to superheat super the inside of the tyre. Yep. But yeah, it was just, I did 10 laps in one blue. Get a little bit pushing hard. Get a little bit greedy on the camera and it doesn't pay off. Exactly. And, uh, like, exactly. So with with McLaughlin, the battle with McLaughlin and Waters, and I, I, it kind of looked like McLaughlin kind of settled settled for second. Do yep. you think he's someone just... Must have, someone think, must have told him that Wing Cup and Van Gisberg and the point tyres... Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, really, all he needs to do is finish in front of Wink Up for the rest of the year. Yeah. And he's laughing. And he's mm-hmm. laughing. But, I mean, as a race driver, do you go into... Co- the con- is that a conserve mode, a 
a factor for you where you're like, you know what, I'm going to... I mean, because if it was Wing Cup, Wing Cup would be challenging for wins, and he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Mm. But, but the best, best, best thing to do to win a championship is win races. Well, exactly. Um, at the back of your mind, you're like, you've got you to gotta understand who you're competing. So I, I assume he would have gone, oh, Wing Cup's had a blown tie, he'll be down the back. Yeah. Um, but he had to still end up fourth or something, fifth or something, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. What did he end up? He was still, you know, he still, he got back to a really, really reasonable result. Yeah, so he's sixth behind GT and Coulthard. Wait, that sounds about good. right. <laughs> yeah. 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 You no know, safety cars, blown tire, you know. That's yeah. a very, very good job. And how was it that Coulthard copped a penalty and still managed to keep fifth place? Oh, I, I, I didn't actually see what happened there. What happened? Fab's made contact with Tim Slade at turn nine, which I think is down along road corner, on lap 68 and gained an advantage. So f they the stewards imposed a five-second time penalty on car 12, which moved it from P5 to P5. Yeah, exactly. P5 to P5. Well, arguably, you know, he hit someone that didn't, really shouldn't have been in the race anyway because they got excluded. So. Well, yeah. And props to Matt Campbell. I think he... I think Matt Campbell did a great job in that in that Red Bull car across the weekend. Yeah, apparently he was he was quite good. Like when all the main drives go, he, he sort of held his ground and yeah. didn't lose much time. Yeah, he's um he definitely one to watch. I think for and I think I think Roland will be keeping him for as long as he can. Well, which makes sense because potential of a vacancy in that team in at least at least maybe two years with the Triple Eight car. <laughs> So, well, you, everyone it, says that every year. Oh, Leander's going to have two more years left. They've been saying that for like 10 years. Yeah, yeah but one year it's going to be true. <laughs> like, I love Leander, but he can't, but like it's it's physics. You can't go, you physically can't go on forever. But hey, he still does a good job. He's still great. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's still, you know, the, he's still the number one fan ticket holder, I suppose, for all the fans out there. So, yeah. Like, he'll stay around for a bit. Yeah. But so you're, you're thinking that Red Bull might. Keep the third car when Lounsey retires. They may go back to two. Well, that's true. That's true. They so, might. Three cars are definitely harder to manage than two. Yeah. Which I'm sure they've found so far in the past couple of years. Yeah. Now, the so, other... Well, it has a bit Sorry, I'm just talking about No, no, I was going to say, the other interesting bit across the, of news across the weekend was the the, the potential Walkinshaw buy-in. With the... With, um, I mean, there's been a few names thrown around here and there, but one of the names has been Zach Brown, who's, you know, the managing director of McLaren and F1 and owns Motorsport News and the, that Motorsport Network. That, that'd be a massive get for, for them. Really? I didn't hear that, but that'd yeah. be fantastic for the category. Yeah. It, um, really cool. I know they've been looking for equity partners for a while, and it was, um, there was a, a, a few bits of news that come out that they were close to... It, we, can, we can say it. It was a Fogues story on Speed Cafe. Sure. Credit where credit's due. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't trying to discount <laughs> Fogues at all. Fogues, love your work. Um, Good to have you back. Yeah, and also, uh, Rusty mentioned it on Inside Supercars last night. Um, with there, there may be some news in the lead-up to Bathurst. So, that's an interesting thing to take mind because Zach Brown's no slouch. You know, he's got his head screwed on the right way and if he, he might actually be able to, to pull that team further forward than it than it currently is. I guess it depends, though, on what his level of involvement is, because he has his finger in an awful lot of pies, sure. and the suggestion is that it, 
any entry of his into the Walkinshaw Empire, Walkinshaw Racing Empire, would be through United Auto Sports, his yep. sports car team. Yep. So, what what they could bring to the table beyond beyond money? He does have a lot of managerial experience. Beyond that, who knows? A lot if, of HSV stories on uh, motorsport.com. <laughs> now, now. <laughs> Good, good exposures for the for the sponsorship group. <laughs> do, you, do you like journos compete against each other like we do drivers? Up to a point. We're, we're all good mates the until the story. moment we're not. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I, I think, funnily enough, I think we're actually um, a lot closer. I think we're, we're all, we get along really well. There's a good generation yeah. of guys at the moment, all roughly the same age, all roughly the same sort of temperament. We get along. Yeah. Until they don't. Until someone <laughs> scoops the other and all bets are off. It makes, it makes life a lot easier, though, if everyone gets along. Yeah, exactly. It, um, I, 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 w- I will say, just to wrap up our Sandown chat, that your uh, retro livery was oh. one, of, one of the best ones, I thought. Yeah, Spectacular. Man. Thank you. Yeah. yeah the, uh, the, the crew put a lot of hard work in. Like, yep. I actually love, I love the whole retro stuff. I yeah. think all the teams look so fantastic. All the get-ups actually look better than their normal gear, so... We should roll on that whole just the whole year, the full retro V8 supercar land. <laughs> One thing f- out of that, though, is it is it hard when you're on track trying to remember who's who with all the different liveries, or is it just not a thing? Nah, not at all. Not nah, at all. Cool. The car's a car, painted black or white, don't care. I was going to say, that when you go past them, you can like, oh, that's who it was. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see James Golden's mullet? What a legend. Oh, that my was goodness. All the time. Legend. That yeah. was all time, wasn't it? It was all time. That was spectacular. Full marks to him. Yeah. No Thanks marks to Mark take. Dutton, however, for his um, <laughs> moustache and chops, which I noticed were gone by Sunday. Really? Good call. <laughs> Very yeah. good call. Yeah, it, I, I, I love the retro round concept. I reckon it's, yeah. it's, a, it's so an cool. awesome thing. And a little bit of like, you know, not taking yourself too seriously for a round. Mm. You know, and like the, the on-track stuff the... is serious, but... Some of the fans get involved too, and they have the funniest retro get-up I've ever seen. They look ace. What was the best one you saw over the weekend? Around, oh, what race car or, or fan? Fan. Oh man, I had this had this fan with like a full ferret like mullet on, and <laughs> man, he just looked so disgusting, but it was so cool. <laughs> At the same time, I was like, yeah, well done, man. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I loved it. We need to get retro OHNS as well. <laughs> so, just have the record you know, trucks instead of the safety car. Mate, it'll be so cool. <laughs> Shorts and thongs had, in pit lane. I've had a gut full of insurance and stuff anyway, so <laughs> we can more, be more retroactive on that. Da. Well, next year for for retro round, maybe we'll put a, like a sandwich in your on the in, in the inside of your car. And a cigar. There you go. We can puff along down the back straight. <laughs> I, I will like say, the old, like the captain used to. I will say, you look very comfortable in the retro round promos that were, were going yeah, around before the race, so. Me, it? <laughs> it does, it does. All right, well, the uh, the championship points, it's uh, 84 points, but gap between Winkup to McLaughlin. Uh, Coulthard is 161 points further back. Mostert is 282. SVG is 420 going into the next round of Bathurst, and I can't wait. Will, no. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Give me a smoky for Bathurst. Who's going to win? Who's, who's going to win or who might win? Well, who, okay. Who might win? Yeah, you know I'm going to be boring and say Jamie. Jamie Wincup and Paul Dumbrell. Okay. 
I'd like to see someone who hasn't won it yet win it. Yeah. That kind of is Jamie in the past few years. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, he's that's ma- true. Yeah. He no, matches I wouldn't. everyone at the start, doesn't he? He drives away at the start, has yeah. a half a lap lead, and then it all turns to shit for him. Manages to lose it somehow. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd like to see a first-timer win it. Well, you know, like, like, like you. I'd like to see Reynolds win it. There you go. Current Bathurst yeah. lap record holder, David Reynolds. Exactly. I am. Mm. Just out. Look at <laughs> 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 no, it's going to be a really good race because everyone goes back on the, on the old hard tyre. So yeah. It's going to you know, show up some cars and a few, a few different mixed results and stuff. But, yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. That's it. Awesome. Well, don't forget, we've got the Bathurst Channel in the week leading up with exclusive docos and... A, fa- a fantastic shows. exclusive doco as produced by the man who was just talking then, AJ Hawkins, on gonna, the I'm 2006 <laughs> Super Cheap Auto Bathurst 1000. I'm not going to talk myself up, but I'm going to say that it's not too bad. I had a watch of it yesterday. It's better than not too bad, just um, quietly. And Pit Lane Live on Friday night and all Bathurst sessions live across the weekend. So tune in. Uh, thanks for listening to us ramble rubbish about Sandown, and we'll see you after Bathurst.